Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. Ten, five, victory! Cowboys win! This is Love of the Star. 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 Welcome back to the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan, the radio flagship home of the Dallas Cowboys. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Monday through Friday on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, as well as the pre- and post-game host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. Uh, Brian, how are you doing today? I'm doing excellent there, Robert. Thank you very much. Big week with uh, the Rams uh, on the horizon and really looking forward to talking with you about it. Yeah, it was funny yesterday. The big the big discussion coming out of uh, the star yesterday was the, the rejection, it seemed like, from the Cowboys. The genuine offense, it seemed like, from the Cowboys at being labeled underdogs in this game. Yeah. Uh, Mike McCarthy seemed a little caught off guard by it when he found out they were underdogs. It was five and a half points and said, you know, I can assure you we're nobody's underdog if you need a quote. And uh, Michael Parsons came back, said it's us against the world. And he goes, that just means coach knows how to read the room because we feel the same way. They're playing uh, the hate it or love it by the game and 50 cent at practice, which says hate it or love it. The underdogs on top. And so they're they are they are leaning into this. Uh I personally see why the Rams are the favorite. I mean, they're at home. They're still a very talented football team. The Cowboys are missing their starting quarterback. Uh, but, Brian, do you do you agree with the Cowboys' sentiment that, hey, we shouldn't be underdogs in this game? No, they've got a lot of talented players, and they got probably the best defensive player in the league uh, playing for them. They've got the one of the top defensive staffs, I think, in the league. And, you know, uh, an offense that is managed to keep things afloat uh, while their starting quarterback is is not available. And uh, a credit to them all for what they've done. Um, I am a big believer, and this is what I learned in the NFL, and I might be totally wrong about this, but this is 13 years of, of being a scout and front office guy, and then now uh, you know, being in the media as long as I have. There's a real um, truth to the desperate team theory. And I think that you look at the Rams, they're a very desperate team right now. Vegas generally is not wrong about how they set their lines. Uh, Vegas has really good insight to trends, uh, much like coaches and front office guys. 
uh, use analytics. Uh, Vegas is the same way. Now, sometimes you can't measure. Um, well, I know that you can't measure uh, the player's heart and the desire, but the Rams, I think, are backed up into a corner right now. And the Cowboys have really, really survived this with Cooper Rush playing quarterback, and they've played great defense, something we've talked about, you know, all uh, training camp, you know, into the season. It was going to have to be, even with Dak Prescott playing, it was going to be Cowboys defense was going to carry them in a lot of these football games. And it just has carried them, though, these last several weeks. Um, so, to you know, again, as I go on and on here, I do believe in the desperate team theory. I think the Rams are more desperate. Uh, I think the Cowboys look at this. that They're going to a place where I will say this, though, their home crowd will be there with them. This is going to be one of those games where it's going to feel like AT&T Stadium because of the Southern California fan base and the fans that come from Arizona and the fans that come from Northern California. It's going to be yeah. a very – very pro cowboy fan base, and that'll help. We asked uh, we asked Tank Lords about that yesterday on our show on 105.3, and oh, he 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 recognizes it. He knows they felt it when the Cowboys played the Chargers last year. Yeah, you know, that's that was very clear that that you know that that that's going to be something helping them. But I just go back to teams that are you know the 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 Rams have not gotten off to the start that they thought they were going to have, especially from a team that won the Super Bowl last year. You know, we've talked this week about, like, the Rams are probably going to want to try and run the ball on Dallas, even though they haven't done it very effectively. They they likely see that Dallas struggles, particularly on the edges. They, they struggle when the ball gets bounced outside. Um, where do you think Dallas on offense can look at this and say, hey, we've got an opportunity to take advantage of, of some things? Is it is it? I don't know, is it passing over the middle of the field? Is that where they might find some vulnerability? Yeah, I think, Bobby, when if, uh, you know, my job as a scout in the pro side of things was I would do advanced scout work. And advanced scouts travel to games ahead of, for example, um, you know, I would have been at the game in San Francisco last week to get ready for this game this week for the coaches. And, you know, there's various things you talk about, you know, where, uh, you uh, feel like you could attack, how quickly they're in and out of the huddle, who makes sideline calls, all these things that advanced scouts do and, and kind of give the coaches an idea of how the Rams are going to uh, manage this football game. If I'm the Rams, if I'm on the Rams side and I'm telling Sean McVay as an advanced scout, I'm saying, coach, I know we don't run the ball well, but I feel like we have to try and run the ball. And I'll tell you why we have to run the ball. They struggle with uh, their their defensive ends at times. I know you came on our show, uh, the G Bag Nation yesterday, Bobby. You were talking about right side runs were better than left side runs. Uh, if you look at down and distance, if you look at how they're able to execute those, you know I'm I'm taking those numbers and I'm going to my coaches. I'm saying, listen, we have capability. We have the backs. We have the ability to do this. We have to try now. You, you do that, and if it doesn't work, then you go to plan B, which will become the screen game. You know, if you watch the Commanders uh, last week against the Cowboys, they had some success, bunch formations, throw the screen, six, seven yards getting up, up the field. Uh, you know, the Cowboys struggled with that. So there's a couple of different options if you're the Rams to attack the Cowboys defense to try and keep this pass rush off them. You know, that's the big thing for them this week. I don't particularly think that Matthew Stafford is healthy. I, I don't. I don't see a healthy-looking quarterback. He still throws from all different arm angles and stuff like that. But where's the ball going down the field? Maybe that's another thing that they got to try this week against the Cowboys secondary. But the Cowboys have proven when the ball goes down the field, uh, Donovan Wilson can make a play. Uh, Diggs can make a play. So maybe you're taking some of those options away from Okay, flipping this over on the Cowboys side of things. How is that going to work? I personally feel like you take the ball at the Rams if you're going to run it. And I, I say it in this way because they're really interested in getting up the field. They're interested in attacking you, attacking gaps. When you run the ball sometimes, you know, at uh, at their defensive tackles, you know, they're so quick up the field and they turn their bodies in the hole to get. And now if you get bodies turned, then you could just wall off. And then, you know, Aaron Donald is so quick up the field. 
he's great when you run the ball away from him because what he does is he beats the block and then goes down the line of scrimmage, chase the ball, tackle for loss. I've seen teams take the ball at them and then have a little bit of success doing that. So I wouldn't be afraid to, you know, last week the plan was it was different because you ran the ball inside against two really good defensive tackles. That's hard to do. This group is a little bit more up the field. So I'm taking it that way, Adam. They've got, you know, they've got a, a you know, a linebackers that, that make tackles. But I think like you can have a little success running the ball that way. And, the, and when it comes to passing, let's see, you know, teams have had some success throwing the ball at Ramsey a little bit just yeah. because how aggressive he is, you know. So they, the Cowboys are really good with their max protect stuff. The Rams have struggled. Uh, getting pressure, even with Aaron Donald, they've struggled getting pressure. That you know, uh, they've 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 brought uh, Raheem Morris. They've brought blitzes. Uh, you know, they haven't had great success. You know, getting to the quarterback. But you do. You have a a, a a rare player at that defensive tackle spot that you have to account for. But the Cowboys have done a great job with the max protection and then taking shots down the field. I can still see them doing stuff like that uh, in this football game. I feel like the Rams will want. I feel like the Rams want to have some success slowing down the passing game. You take away the middle of the field, or try to take away the middle of the field, because I, I don't know about you, Brian, but like I keep going back to while Cooper Rush has done a good job, Cooper Rush trying to throw like outside the hashes is, is not always consistent. It's not always accurate. It's. Uh, I think he's. I think actually Rush right now is bottom five in the league in completion percentage on these short and intermediate routes to the outside, um, both the left and the right. And so he's not somebody who's particularly accurate throwing towards the sideline. So to me, it's take away the middle. Don't let him get that. In fact, you you look at the Cowboys, when they take shots down the deep middle this year, Brian, they're five for five. Yeah. They are, they are perfect. They are the number one team in the league in that. Um, and so to me, I think it's just Cooper Rush is comfortable like throwing it within the hashes there. I think if he has to test things to the outside, it gets a little tough for him. And I don't know if that's an arm strength thing at times where he's just not able to get the ball over there quick enough. Sometimes it's he's skipping it. It's like a depth perception thing almost, it feels like. Skips it sometimes, sails it sometimes, just doesn't have the right touch on it. But to me, if I'm the Rams, I'm just trying to take away the middle of the field on Cooper Rush. Yeah, that's and and, and you're. I think you're absolutely right, Bob. You've seen enough of training camp practices and you know these games and stuff. You know Kendrick, the the rookie corner. I think he struggled a little bit when you watch him, and he's having to play because the Rams have been a little banged up in the secondary. He's the cornerback number six, and and to me, when you look at him, watch him play. There's some inside routes and stuff. If you're looking for the slants or the in-breaking routes, he struggled with that. And yeah. so now, how do you get uh, Michael Gallup going? How do you get, uh, you know, how do you get C.D. Lamb going? Noah Brown, a big-body guy. There are inside-breaking routes that you could throw here on the Rams and 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 make things happen. But you have to be alert of where Jalen Ramsey is on this field too. Because like Aaron Donald, he is going to move around. He plays right corner, left corner, occasionally be in the slot. I don't know if necessarily they're going to travel him with uh, like a CD lamb uh, in this football game. But you got to be aware, aware of where he is. But still, if there's things you can throw on him, just take advantage. You can take advantage of the aggressiveness of this uh, Ram uh, secondary. Uh, but if you're going to pick on one guy in particular – Kendrick, the rookie, to me, just doesn't have a really good feel right now how he needs to play. So if you see him on the field, don't be surprised if the Cowboys go his direction. Let's take a quick look at the practice report, some of the developments there. Uh, Brian, uh, last we talked, uh, Jake Ferguson was a DNP with the knee. I know you said the MRI was clean. and that, Yeah, that, it was. Yeah. That he'd be ready to go. Uh, he was elevated to limited on Thursday, so it looks like he's trending in the right direction. Uh, another guy from DNP to limited was Jordan Lewis, which I know you also heard some positive news there yesterday, yeah. right? I did. Absolutely, Bob. On both those, you, you mentioned the MRI was clean on Ferguson, so he's ramping the right way. Um, yes, and then and then Lewis, I was a little bit concerned about, okay, how do you play the secondary knowing that Cooper Cup plays as much as he does in the slot? And so were you having to think about maybe kicking Brown inside and then, you know, and letting Bland or somebody, Joseph, play on the outside uh, if you didn't. Now, 
I, I believe this, Bobby, about Cooper Cup. And I know you asked me about Lewis. Cooper, yeah. Cup, Cooper Cup's going to get his. Just be ready. The ball's going to go his direction 19 times or so, and he's probably going to have 14 catches. You just the run after catch. You know, It's got to be catch, tackle, catch, tackle, catch, tackle. Yeah, it's just like playing a running back. If they hand the ball to the running back, it's handoff, run, tackle, handoff, run, tackle, handoff, run, tackle. That's that's how you have to play Cooper Cup, you know. You know, him, Big uh, Higby, those guys, you know, catch, tackle. That's what you do with these guys. So now that Jordan Lewis is, you know, to me, I was told it was it was really kind of a minor situation what happened in pregame. It was one, not one of those full-blown injuries where it's like going to take two, three, four weeks to heal, but it's something that that they, they were really cautious about and took care of uh, right there on the spot. The other uh... – development on Thursday at practice. C.D. Lamb was a DNP, and I know the initial word coming from the Cowboys, from C.D. Lamb himself out there at the locker was, ah, GPS numbers were just really high, and, and that's true. But again, it's one of those like kind of half-truths where they, they they don't want to tell you everything. And uh, it, it is a groin injury uh, for, for C.D. Lamb. Um, it, I, I think injury is a little excessive from people I talk to. It's not necessarily an, an injury. It's it's there's just a little a tweak there. There there there's you know something a little off with it. Um, he was getting stretched out by Kendall Smith, the assistant strength and conditioning coach, while we were out there. Uh, he was working with Britt Brown on the resistance cords, and uh, ultimately, I think his GPS numbers were high. So combining those, I think it was an abundance of caution. Like, hey, let's let's bring things back a little bit. But I think it is always noteworthy that the padded practice when anybody's a DNP on it. Yeah, no, you're right about that, and 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 we all have our uh, our moments of doubt when we're really hearing about injuries with the Cowboys because you have a general manager owner that likes to tell you one thing, the head coach doesn't want to say anything at all, the yeah. players are telling you something different. You know, I mean, we've learned this through the Dak Prescott era so far of injury uh, disclosure that they really don't. You know, they're always optimistic, but it's not always the case. Uh, with CD, I think it is a little bit more about the amount of running and stuff that he's had to do. Receivers do an incredible amount of running in these practices. They do an incredible amount of running in games. Anything that you could do to kind of keep him a little bit fresher uh, going forward, uh, I think is going to be the best uh, medicine for him. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, uh, before we dive into some of these Cowboys burning questions that, that Brian and I are going to kick around, I got to remind you guys that uh, we've got a wonderful partner here at Love of the Star, it is Boomer Jacks. And Boomer Jacks is the spot on really every day of the week, but especially Tuesday and Wednesday nights. You know, my, my life is always so full during the football season because I get football on Thursday night. I, I get Friday night high school football, Saturday college football, and then I get the NFL on Sunday and Monday. Tuesday and Wednesday were always voids for me, no longer thanks to Boomer Jacks because they have half-price boneless wings on Wednesday night, and on Tuesday, it's half-price bone-in wings. So whatever your fancy is, Boomer Jacks has it set up. I personally like to go Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, I've become a big fan of the boneless wings, not from everywhere, but from Boomer Jacks. Uh, Ice-cold beer on tap. It is the perfect spot to go hang out. Uh, 17 DFW locations. You can find yours at boomerjacks.com. Brian, I got... Five questions here for you that, that we're going to kick around. You're going to answer them too, I hope. 
I, I'm I'm going to answer. Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure because, like I said, I, I worry about this a little bit. If I'm the solo guy in this, I I, I always like to have a lot of opinions. I, I'm I'm here I'm here to give the right answers. You know, I know you're always here to give the right answers, especially uh, about the, especially about Dak. Yeah. Well, you know what the first question is about Dak. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, oh, this and this is something that I know we've chattered a little, about a little bit, but we haven't really had a chance to to tackle it this directly. Brian Broadus, is Dak Prescott injury prone? I would say yes. Yeah, I would, I, you know, and I, and I'll say this, um, when you have injuries and some of them are, you know, some of them are not your fault, but some of them are also things of awareness. Some of them are your fault, you know, awareness about getting down, about sliding, about getting out of bounds, about not fighting for extra yards. You know, I mean, I understand Dak and, and that's what makes Dak so unique is he's a, He's a football player that really plays the game. He could have played in any era of football. He could have played without a face mask. You know, he could have been that guy. There was a time, too, where – and this is a scouting perspective for me real quick, if I can. Yeah. Dak was a bigger, thicker guy yes. when he first started. Dak, we call that body armor. He had body armor. You know, Dak would get hit. I remember time he – you know, the, the commander's game. He's running on the sidelines. He gets blasted into the bench. I'm thinking – He's not getting up. Dak pops up, you know, maybe, oh, man, he might have had a concussion. That was big, dur- big, durable, sturdy Dak. Dak now has leaned up. He's he's a thinner, uh, you know, he's, he's lost some of that. Maybe he's in better shape. But Dak is a big quarterback, as a bigger quarterback. And I'm not saying fat or obese or any of those things. But yeah. Dak with body armor was a more healthy Dak. And, and we've seen him continually get in shape, look good physically look good. I, I look at him, I go, man, I wish I could lose weight like that. But <laughs> but but when Dak was a bigger, thicker quarterback, more body armor, less, yeah. you know, he would take hits, less problems. So right now I would say, yeah, maybe he's a little bit injury prone. And it might be a little bit because of he's doing a better job to keep himself in shape. I know that sounds crazy, but just from a scouting perspective, that's how I kind of look at it. Yeah, I think that uh... Look, is there a possibility he, he's not injury prone and this has been fluky? Sure. But to me, when he gets back from this broken thumb, he has to finish the rest of this season and he has to get all the way through next season without injury before I'll, I'll start to feel okay about it again. Because, I mean, we're talking about over the course of 18, 20 weeks on the field, roughly, whatever it was, he's been hurt five times now, going back all the way to the 2019 AC joint injury. You got the AC joint. You've got the broken ankle. You've got the lat strain. You've got the uh, the the uh, calf strain. Um, you've got the uh, broken thumb here to start this season. It's all over his body, and so just it makes you a little concerned. I think about look, he he's you you just wonder a little bit. Is he just starting to break down a little bit? And and yeah. and I think that I think his I've talked about this before. I think the second half of last season he had questions about his own durability. And when they couldn't block for him, I think that got in his head a little bit, and I think it affected his reads. And, and I think that that was part of what explains what what looked like a completely different quarterback from the first half of last season to the second. Because it wasn't just a physical thing. I know some people have said, well, the calf strain may have affected it. I think the calf strain affected it in terms of, like, it got him in his head a little bit because it wasn't just physical things that he wasn't doing. He wasn't seeing the field the same way he was in the first half of the year. And so I don't I don't have a great explanation for it other than I think he probably got in his head about it a little bit about, man, I can't get hurt like my team needs me and they're not blocking right now. I can't take hits. I got to get rid of this football. And and it just it, it added an unnecessary factor to his processing that I think kind of kind of messed with things a little bit. I think the broken thumb is a bad I think that's a bad luck, you know, but calf strains, shoulder strains. I mean, having to have a second surgery, you know, uh, on this rehab of his, you know, he's he he pushes himself so hard to be ready. And competitive. It, it's competitive. And yeah, but there comes a time too where like that, that injury against the Giants. I mean, he's running, he's running, he's trying to get yards. And, you know, as a quarterback outside the pocket, you're protected. You, they will give you an extra 15 yards if you slide and somebody hits you the wrong way. You know, that should be your goal. Run, get down. Run, get down. You might take a shot. You know, you might take a shot going down, but they're going to give you an extra 15 yards if the referees feel like that it was an unfair shot. Next question for you here, Brian. 
has Mike McCarthy already done enough to secure a return in 2023? It's trending the right way. And I, I've been very, very critical of Mike McCarthy throughout. And, um, you know, I've said this before. I said it with John Mishota. Uh, I thought he was lazy. Uh, I thought there was there was times where he wasn't totally checked into what's going on. But I, I think that Mike McCarthy, you know what? I think Mike McCarthy's talked about Kellen Moore learning along the way as being an offensive coordinator. I think Mike McCarthy has learned along the way of what it takes to be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. I think Mike McCarthy didn't know that Jerry Jones spoke after every game. I didn't think that Mike McCarthy knew that, you know, the 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 light, how it shines on you, how this media covers you uh, every single day, the questions that are asked, the scrutiny, the fan base. Yeah, he had a very vocal fan base in Green Bay, but not like this one. The Packers are not worldwide. And I, I trust me, I worked for the Packers for five years of my life. Packers are a really well-known team. But the Dallas Cowboys are a worldwide team, and that's the scrutiny. I think Mike McCarthy has learned along the way. Now, we'll see what happens the, you know, the rest of the way. Can they get Dak going? That's going to be, the, 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 uh, the as we say, the trick to see you know, if he has the job security going on. But through these first five, four or five games as we're going through right now, yeah, he, he's deserved uh, the opportunity to come back. And that's just because – I kind of feel like he's being an NFL head coach, you know, going for it on fourth down, the confidence that he's had in his team, the way that he's managed these injuries, clicking over and telling Kellen Moore, get two plays ready. We're going for it here. You know, those are the things I think the decision to move on from kickers, you know, they're, they're making good decisions right now. Hey, we don't need an extra receiver. Don't panic. We'll be fine. Stay the course. That's all you can ask from your head coach right now. And I would say that, through, through how we look at this right now on this day on October 7th, I would say that he's trending in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, I think right now, I, I don't know that he's secured it totally yet, but I think that he's doing things right now that would give them confidence to say, oh, well, we we, we got to bring him back. He's, he's trending the right way. He's doing this and that. I just, I still want to know how much he deserves. Like, like, I've always felt like you can't give him much credit and you can't give him much blame for what happens here because I just don't oh, know. I blamed him. I blamed him for a lot of things. I just don't so know how I, involved I, he is. Well, he's so removed. Yeah, well, he, he let, let me tell you what, I had people tell me you know, in two different organizations about his laziness, you know, and I'm not hearing the laziest, the laziness call right now, you know, but I had two, and, and I've worked in both. I've worked with the Cowboys, as everybody knows. I worked with the Packers, as I just said. You know, I know people in those organizations and they were talking about his laziness. You know, that was a concern. So, you know, as we as we speak here right now, you know, it appears that he is doing things that your NFL coach needs to do, you know, to, you know, think of what's going on right now in Denver with Nathaniel Hackett and stuff like that. You know, they're talking about getting rid of him already. I do believe this. I'll say it one more time. I believe Mike McCarthy is now as a clear understanding of what it is to be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think he had that three years ago. Next question for you here. And uh, it's a little early, but you know, we saw some good stuff in training camp, saw some good stuff last week. Uh, and there's obviously uh, uh, physical advantages here. Is Deron Bland better than Jordan Lewis? You know what? Um, that's, because I've always had a great deal of faith in Jordan Lewis. And he's, I think he's one I, of the toughest guys on that football team. Jordan Lewis, pound for pound, is super competitive. I really hated he got the defensive holding call in that uh, that one game that gave him a first down, uh, the Giants game, I think it was. Yeah. But yeah, I, you know, I, I think with Bland, I love what I love about Bland is what you saw in training camp is the flexibility he has to play. I don't know if I want to play Jordan Lewis on the outside anymore. I don't know if I, I think I could play bland in both spots. I think I'd be fine, but I will say this again, trending the right direction with, with bland. I loved his toughness in training camp. I loved his willingness to tackle. I thought he was a little lost to start the game the other day, but what a heck of a read. What a heck of a read. We've seen Jordan Lewis make similar reads that two in zone coverage drive, knock a ball down. One of the one of Jordan Lewis's best games ever, and it's kind of like the uh, it's kind of like the uh, 
the Cooper Rush Minnesota game. You know, he went yeah. out there and and covered Alvin Kamara out of the backfield in the game against the Saints when Alvin Kamara was just tearing the league up. And I know that was several years ago, but that's the kind of thing that Jordan Lewis was capable of. I think he still is. I like the way that Blanche uh, trending right now. And I would say though, if you if you're worried about Jordan Lewis, if Jordan Lewis stumbles along the way here. At least you know that Bland can play, and Bland is not going to kill you out there. But I'm going to go with Jordan Lewis right now uh, from what I've seen. I would go with Jordan Lewis too, but it does – I think Deron Bland is a future starter on this team, possibly as soon as next year. I agree. And I think that – I will say this. If you if you told me Jordan Lewis is out for the season, I, I wouldn't be concerned. Me I, I, mean, I don't me want either. To, I wouldn't have concern. i go, okay, well, I trust Deron Bland's going to come in and, and play really well. Uh, I trust him more than Kelvin Joseph, and I know Kelvin Joseph has played well on special teams. Yeah, I mean, we, we know. That's never been a question, right? I won't make the joke again. I'll stop. Uh, more secondary talk uh, with the return of J-Ron Curse. Should it be Anthony Barr who loses snaps instead of Donovan Wilson? Yes, I agree with you on that. I, I, I think so. I, I would play Curse down, Wilson at safety. I would even make it a situation where you could play uh, Wilson, I call it a robber, which is like behind the linebackers and kind of like, so if something were to happen, uh, you know, say the ball spills, now you got a, a you got an alley player in Wilson that can come downhill in a hurry. Curse is going to play well on the edge. You know, those are the things you've got, you've got guys in place. You got two really good tacklers on the field. The inconsistency of bar right now scares me because some of the big runs go back and watch your all 22 it's Barr, Vanderish. I think Vanderish is having to play in gaps. You know, he's trying to play his assignment, and now you've got such a wide corner, the edge is compromised, and now he's having to run to make plays. I'm not trying to cover for him here. I'm just saying that's if you know when you watch oh, yeah. when you watch scheme, that's what happens. So put curse down, let him tackle, let Wilson be behind him, let him tackle. Yes, I take Anthony Barr off the field. Anthony Barr, to me, is not helping me at all in coverage, and he's been a little bit of a liability in the run game. Yeah, I think he played really well against Cincinnati. That's just the one game where I think he's looked good. Um, and I don't know what it was about that game. He just seemed to be kind of a step ahead of everything. Um, but but every other game I've seen Anthony Barr so far this year, it's like, need more, need more. He's, 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 his awareness has been really, really poor, and – you know, when you look at like the motion and it, it fooled, it's fooled the Cowboys a couple different times. That jet quick motion, yeah. I would get ready for it this week. You're going to get jet quick motion. They're going to try and hold linebackers because they know if they get the edge and they hold a linebacker, they got a pretty good chance of running the ball. Last question here for you, Brian. And I'm going to ask you to do something that we've both failed at pretty consistently. If the Cowboys make the playoffs and everyone is healthy, who starts that game on the left side of the offensive line? Who's at left tackle? Who's at left guard? Everybody's completely healthy. Everyone's healthy, including Tyron Smith. Okay, that means they probably got in the playoffs playing with uh, McGovern at left guard and Tyler Smith at left tackle, right? You think Peter's on. I don't know. You think Peter's on the bench? Uh, you know, Peter's to me, I, I, I would be very interested to see if, if Tyron Smith comes back, if they have to make a roster move, if they move on from Peter's. Ahead of yeah. ball, yeah, I, <laughs> man, I I say that, but Peter's I think that's a it, big I, help for Tyler. Yeah. I think it's just easier to move on from a veteran guy like that. Uh, but no, I all things being healthy, man, I, I, you got to the playoffs playing with. Okay, who, okay, let me ask you this: Who yeah. do you have? Who do you have to get? They got to the playoffs. Who was the starting offensive line that got him to the playoffs? Let's do that. Uh, I don't think they're just ramping up Jason Peters for the hell of it with Connor McGovern back. And so I feel like they're okay. So you're going to go with Peters. I feel like this would be Peters at left guard Smith at left tackle on the way to the playoffs. Okay. If that's the case, you've got to the playoffs. That means you've probably won 10 to 12 games. Uh, I, I, they, they talk about continuity. They, they haven't shown continuity. They call it fantasy football when they talk about moving offensive linemen around, but that's what they've done. They've moved. Yeah. They're shuttling guys in and out. They're trying to find the combination. I, man, me personally, I go with who got me to the playoffs. That's what I would do. I just, you know, we've seen what happened with Tyron Smith last year, right? 
COVID game, comes back in the playoffs, not the same type of guy. Are you gonna are you gonna mess with that? You know, it, it, damn, you could say the same thing about the quarterback right now. I mean, if they keep winning games, you know, I, I you know, it's I just think that they're they're banking on Tyron Smith coming back, and you know, he I know he's working with Britt Brown right now, so you know, a couple months away, but you've won probably ten to twelve football games playing with Jason Peters at left guard and Tyler Smith playing at left tackle. I, I, the offensive line continuity, I think that's kind of what you'd want to keep. Has Tyron Smith started his last game in the NFL? Tyron Smith, I know for a fact that – okay, I shouldn't say no for a fact. I know people that are very close to, to Tyron Smith that said if you traded him or did something different with him that he would just retire from the game and all together. He wouldn't play anymore. Now, that might change when you're like look, looking back at things. But I, um, right now, I would say there's a pretty good possibility he's he's played his last because it's a tough question because Tyron Smith, when healthy, is one of the better left tackles in the league. Yeah. But right now he's not available to you. And he probably won't be available to you. You know, let's see what happens when we get to you know we're already in November. Give this thing another eight weeks and see where we're at. You know, this offensive line, if it's coming together and they're winning games. You're not going to take you're not going to take this offensive line apart, but if they're close and they and it's they're you know it's man it's a little bit of a struggle for Peters if they put Tyler Smith at left guard it might be a little bit better. Let's see where the team is in eight weeks, and I think you'll better have a better understanding of what you need to do there. If if you're out of it, if you haven't, if you're losing games and you're out of it, just keep playing Tyler Smith. But you said if they're in a playoff run, yeah. You know, that that's how you qualify the question. I like it that way. You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all right it is now time for our favorite segment of the show it is the listener mailbag so we're going to jump over to twitter here in just a second uh where we've got a couple of your questions stored up about this football team but before we do that we got to talk about our wonderful partner here 
at Boomer Jacks, which, Brian, I know you and I are very excited. We, we got to get out there. We got to do a broadcast out there because Boomer Jacks is one of our favorite spots. No, Boomer Jacks has been outstanding to us in a long time. Just, uh, you know, great group to go out and hang out with. All the TVs out there. You know, if you're coming in for games, you know, great opportunity. If you're in town early, you know, go watch your Saturday games. You know, college football really heating up right now. You know, we got NHLs coming up. NBA is coming up. A lot of opportunities to go to Boomer Jacks, enjoy the food, enjoy the camaraderie. The staff is super nice to us out there. They'll be super nice to you as well, Bobby. Yeah, they are one of the, I got to tell you, their staff is always really on top of things. It's not one of these places where you feel like you're getting ignored and you're sitting there for 30 minutes going, where's our, where's our server? Where they've been? Uh, Boomer Jacks is on top of it. Like Brian said, wall-to-wall TVs, live music, and they have the best wing deals going on right now. On Tuesdays, it's half-price traditional wings, bone-in wings. On Wednesday, it's half-price boneless wings. That's when Peyton Russell, our producer, is up there because he's all about uh, those boneless wings, You know, e- eating those sauced chicken nuggets, which are, are great at Boomer Jacks. I-, I-, I used to troll Peyton about it a little bit, but then I actually had the boneless wings, which I've always been you know, less than a fan of, and Boomer Jacks does them right, and so I've become a big fan. There are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours at boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, let's uh, jump into some of these questions here from the listeners. First question here from Stevie. He says, do you think this is actually a good matchup for the Cowboys? The Rams don't commit to the run, and their pass rush hasn't gotten home against opponents. I think that I, I could absolutely see them winning this game. I personally, I, I don't know about you, Brian. I've got the Rams winning this one 27-20 um, because I just think that there's an, a the desperate team there you talked about earlier, and they're a really talented football team. But I wouldn't be stunned if Dallas won this football game. No, I wouldn't be stunned either. Uh, Rams 26, Dallas 23. I, I, I'm a big believer in that. I think the Rams have their, uh, their backs to the wall. They're really their season, if you look at it. I know it's very early, but all of a sudden, you know, you know, they got just smashed by the the Bills. They got smashed, you know, by uh, San Francisco. I mean, I think there's some doubt creeping into that team. You know, they've got to find a way to get a victory. The Cowboys have done a great job of, of weathering the storm and not being, you know, 0-4 right now with the way they're playing. But, yeah, I, I, I think the Rams are going to try and run the football. Like I told you in the earlier segment, uh, I, I just if, – if I'm the advanced scout watching the Cowboys, I am telling Sean McVay, You've got to try and run the ball. They do not play the perimeter runs all that well. Look at the numbers. The numbers will tell you that. Look at your eyes. Your eyes will tell you that. Yeah, they did a better job last week in the second half of the game against the Commanders, but I would definitely test the Cowboys running the football, and I would test the Cowboys if they could defend the screen. That's something that the the Commanders were able to show a little bit, and that's a good way of chopping uh, Parsons on the outside. We talked about that and having to deal with people around his knees, you know, Teams watch this tape, Bobby. You know that they're yeah. going to try. They're going to test you in this game. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that that screen game. Next question here from Christopher Davis: How do the Cowboys shore up the outside edges in the run and screen game? I know tackling, but the corners and secondary is big. But uh, won't having J. Ron Curse back help out? It will help, and it's about reading. It's about reacting. It's about the corners coming up. You know, if that ball's thrown and they're in, they're in, and the what the Rams like to do is that bunch formation. They put three wide receivers out there. They'll actually put you know Tyler Higby out there, who I would treat as a wide receiver the way he plays. You know, they're going to put blockers out there in front, and you got to you got to sort through the mess, and you got to go get the football. The 49ers had a pick six off a screen play. You know, same type of situation. I think it was a funga that had it for the 49ers. You know, yeah. they just stepped up and made a play. You've got to drive on the ball like that. When you if you tackle the screen well and you keep them to one or two yards or a negative play, then they're not going to throw screens. But you've got to take them out of one. If they have success, they're going to keep throwing them at you until you stop them. I think that that's pretty dead on. And Jaron Curse obviously is just such a big help. And I think with the development of Donovan Wilson and what you've seen here, uh, that'll be able to help a lot as well. Uh, next question here from Thomas. He's saying, if you had to bet, what game will Dak be back? I, I think, uh, you know, Philly is the one that felt like all along would be the first real opportunity for them. Um, I think he's going to try his damnedest to get back for that game. I think that'll be, and I think that's a game where they really could use Dak Prescott back. Um, I'll lean slightly and, and guess that one being 50-50, but I don't feel great about it. I'll say maybe he plays there, but but I think he's back at least by the Lions game. I think it's going to be the Lions game myself because what's happening, if I needed Dak Prescott throwing in practice 
You know, I needed to hear whispers. You know, Bobby Belt sources are telling him that Dak Prescott threw in in a little bit in team period. We've yet to hear about Dak Prescott throwing the football. And now right. we're we're at the end of the week. And so all of a sudden, magically, grip strength's going to improve and all that. You know, we'll see. I think it's going to be another week of working on this. I think you're probably going to have Cooper Rush uh, playing this week against the Rams and then probably playing next week against Philly. I would be surprised if all of a sudden Dak's doing a better job, it seems, of now like trying to hold the football, trying to do things. You know, we don't get to watch all practice, Bob, and you, you know that. That's just what you do out there. But to me, I would have probably heard some whispers about him throwing and looking good. Uh, Lions seem like a very much a, a game you need to at least start to think about him being back. Yeah, Dak was out there on the resistance cords on Thursday. So last week we talked about when he was doing those uh, those scoops for your calves and your hamstring, those stretches that they do. He was doing that with a football in his hand. Um, yesterday he was out on the resistance cords holding a football in his right hand as he just was, you know, doing things. So, I mean, he's at least trying to get comfortable with the ball in his hand. He's holding it there. He's not doing anything yet. He's not throwing it. Um, but Dak Prescott's at least trying to get comfortable with, all right, let's get the ball in my hand again here. And and look, we've mentioned it already. It's it's tearing that guy up that he's not on the football field. And I, and I don't think, I don't want anybody to hear that and mistake it for like, oh, jealousy that Cooper Rush is doing. That He's just a competitive guy. He's happy his football team's winning. But that can be a lonely feeling for, for the, these guys. When they're injured and, and, and the team's winning and they feel kind of isolated from it and that they're not part of contributing to that, that can eat it, guys. And, and Dak Prescott being as competitive as he is, I think that, that this has been a tough, tough couple weeks for him. Well, Dak's also experienced the fact that he went through that with Tony Romo. Yeah. And he saw what happened to Tony Romo, and he doesn't want to be Tony Romo in the way of not being with his teammates and being around and trying to be a part of this. And you're right. It, it, it has to – Dak's super competitive. But, yeah, you know, they're in a situation right now, you know, go out and win the Rams game. And go out and win the Philadelphia game, all of a sudden, Dak Prescott's going to be looked at in a different light. Then the fans are already, I, I know, Bobby, you do post game show with us on, you know, uh, there for the Cowboys. Yep. And, you know, I asked fans, all being healthy, you know, the, the ones that called in, all being healthy, who do you play between Dak and Cooper if all things are healthy and everything's going the right way? To a man, they've all said, you know, keep going with Rush, keep going with Rush. So, this town is very much about what have you done for me lately? And, you know, Dak has been on the positive side of that. And he's also now been on the negative side of it as well. Next question here from Joe. Please review the play of Leighton Vander Esch. Seems to me like the Cowboys should give Jabril Cox a chance. I think Leighton Vander Esch has been fine. Um, yeah, I, I do I, too. I, I don't, I don't think that he's been a big problem. I think, like we mentioned earlier, I think Anthony Barr has been a bigger issue, but what about this idea about getting, uh, you know, getting Jabril Cox on the field. Uh, I mean, he's healthy at this point. I, I guess he's just not doing enough for them to want to put him out there. He I think, yeah, know? I think I think he's behind. I think that I think they missed. You know, I know there's some training camp practices and stuff like that. I mean, I don't think they just feel totally comfortable. Uh, you know, we need to check on the you know how really truly healthy he is. I know they're not going to put a, a hurt player out there to play. But I wonder if there's been some things that some packages and stuff that he's missed out on that they're just not comfortable putting him in, you know, and uh, that, that's that's the best. I mean, I, I, I need to ask about that, because to me, if it's not health, it's like, OK, what are we picking up in the classroom? Are we not comfortable? Yeah. You know, they moved on from Amari Cooper for a reason. They talk about availability, but they moved on from Amari Cooper because he didn't practice. You know, that was, I mean, when you're a coach and you're calling plays, you're calling defenses or whatever you're doing, and you're calling plays with the, in mind of, okay, Amari, go run this route. Oh, wait a minute. We didn't practice this route with him. You know, that, that coaches have that kind of concern. They're more willing to play with guys that go out there and practice and have an understanding every single day than they are a guy that they think might know what's going on. Jabril Cox was a guy who, coming out of LSU, his MO was coverage, and yeah. he struggled against the run at times. Is it possible that they look at it as uh, putting him on the field doesn't make us any better? We're not struggling in coverage. We're struggling, you know, in the run game, and, and he's not going to make that any better. That's a fair point. You know, and to go back to Leighton Vanderish, and I'm not apologizing for Leighton Vanderish, 
But and I and I'm not going to act like I know every scheme that's played or every responsibility. I do watch the All 22. I, I think a lot of people do. But what you watch is you see. It looks like to me, okay, defensive tackle responsible for the A, Vanderish responsible for the B, defensive end responsible for the C gaps, and then you got force players. Okay, A gap not a factor. Ball's going to the outside. B gap all of a sudden Vanderish is trying to deal with that. Okay, now he's dealing with C-gap who all of a sudden defensive end is blocked into the B-gap, and now he's having to run the hump a little bit, and now he's trying to fight a defensive end that's got hooked that's responsible for the C-gap, and now, oh, wait, there's a corner that's playing wide and keeps giving ground and not forcing. You know, that's all you need to do. If you've got a forced player to force the ball back to Van Der Esch, you're going to have a – but the gap that he's having to run – the C gaps getting the C gaps getting taken, and you got a wide corner, and he's playing B, so he's trying to play his assignment in the B gap, and he can't get all the way out to the C gap because he's playing his assignment in the B. So there's a lot going on. You, you can watch it. You could just watch it how it happens, and they're just not getting the force. They're not getting a strong edge, and they're not getting a force player. And now maybe that will change with with Vanderesh and Curse. And Wilson all on the field, you got three guys that can that can surely uh, play the point of attack and, and keep that ball from getting outside. Question here from uh, at Everyday Cowboys: Should we be more worried about how quiet Chauncey Golston has been since changing positions? Golston's still playing outside and inside. He's doing yeah. a little both. Um, I think he actually played a little more outside this week against Washington than he had in the first three games. Um, Look, he's not making a bunch of splash plays, but again, I don't think he's been. I think he's far from your biggest problem on the off or on the defensive line right now. He's not a splash player. That, no. that, he's just not. He's not the. He doesn't have first step quickness. He's a long, rangy, defensive end type of a player, but he doesn't have that ability uh, to. To you know, that's one of the reasons why. I mean, he is like a version of Tank on that left side without the quickness. Because he can play the run. You watched him at Iowa. It was hard running on the edge of him. Now, maybe you could play him at right end. You know, maybe you think about, but, you know, but you're not going to get the pass rush. You're not going to get that edge player that if you have Armstrong over there or Fowler, that's that's the problem. You, what are you going to sacrifice? You sacrifice uh, pass rush or run defense. You know, yeah. right now they're sacrificing run defense is what they're doing but to make sure they get the pass rush. Yeah. Last question here from Tony. Should Micah Parsons be in coverage more this game than rushing the passers? Because I'm having nightmares about Cooper Cup. Um, I don't know that I'd have Micah on Cooper Cup. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, look, Micah's, Micah's, Micah covered Terry McLaurin this week sure on the snap and the snap. Did a good job. Sure did. Uh, I, I might be. I might be more willing to to have Micah Parsons playing the run this week and the screen game and things like that. But in terms of on Cup, I don't know that I'd want that. No, that's going to – again, Cup's going to get 14 catches. Just get ready. If he doesn't get 14 catches, the Cowboys probably going to win this football game. Is it, is it like the, the old Michael Jordan theory? Like let Michael Jordan score He's six gonna, and top everybody else? Yeah, it's exactly what it is. Him, got to make sure him – well, he's going to make his plays in this game. No question. Because he does it against everybody. It good, bad. He does it against everybody. They, but you know, they also scored nine points with him getting 14 receptions the other day. So yeah. that that's your hope. Don't let Tyler Big uh, Higby kill you in this thing. Don't let Robinson kill you in this game. You know, and I, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't worry about matching up. I would just worry about catch, tackle, catch, tackle. That's all I worry about in this football game. That does it for us here on The Love of the Star. We will be back with you guys again on Monday, reviewing what is hopefully a fourth straight uh, Cowboys win over the Rams. Until then, we will see you guys next week.